America. What's happening? Tell the young bloods to leave the room. This is for grown folks only. You've been waiting all week for another taste. And your favorite pusher is back on the scene. It's cognac and candy Sundays, y'all, on Vinyl 97 with Young Bull. So whatever your addiction, I'm about to feed it to you for the next hour. And I'm going to take you on a trip to Candyland. If you've never been to Candyland, let me tell you a little bit about Candyland. Candyland is sexy. It's dangerous. It's erotic. It's funky. It's another world, man. Can you dig it? If this is your first time to Candyland, don't hit it too hard. Be easy. You don't want your gangster lean to get too mean. And while you're on this trip, I'm going to keep it in the groove for you. So lean back with me. Put your head high. And let the magic happen, baby. It's Cognac and Candy Sundays, y'all.
America, what's happening? Welcome to week eight of the Cognac and Candy Show. And this week, we're going to be talking about the midlife crisis. I want to take a moment to thank all the fans out there who take the time to inbox me and let me know your opinions on the show, good or bad. We appreciate it. And if you have something that you want to send in, send it to us at vinyl97radio at gmail.com. Again, that's vinyl97radio at gmail.com. And I am aware that some of the topics that we talk about on this show get under the skin of some people. But here's the deal. When a blacksmith makes a sword, he has to put that metal into the fire to then hammer it, forge it, and then shape it. And during that forging process, he hammers out all the impurities inside of that metal. And those impurities are the things that can weaken the sword. So as he hammers this metal inside the fire, all those impurities, they fall to the floor on every strike. So if a piece of metal wants to become a beautiful forged coal steel sword, it has to go into the fire. So why am I telling you this? The reason is because many people in this world, they want to be the best version of themselves, but they get nervous and turn back when they get too close to the fire. You see, you have to go through it in order to get to it. And that means putting you and all your imperfections in the fire. So you can come out the other side a shining forged black diamond. Is it easy? No. It's hot, it's painful, and a lot of times it's lonely. And the other side of walking through the fire is you're going to leave a lot of dead corpses in your wake. The fire is going to burn jealousy right off of you. It's going to cause desire to please other people to fall to its knees. Pretentiousness, fear, and shame are going to crumble right into ash. And all that's going to be left is you. And I started walking through the fire some time ago, America. So for those who are uncomfortable with my truth, I invite you to change the channel and listen to something that's a little less honest. America, all I can be is me. And I'm going to keep on being me. Hell, if I had to come back to Earth one more time, I'd come back as me one more again in the same damn skin. So America, are you ready to walk in the fire? Well, you better go ahead and get ready and take that sip. Because this is the cognac part of the show. As soon as we get back from this music break. This is Benny King with his 1975 release, Supernatural Thing.
America, I'm going to take you to that other place where the grooves turn a saint into a sinner and an old man into a winner one more game. So chill with your drink on the couch and tap your feet or spin your main girl in the middle of the living room. Do what you feel, brothers and sisters, because we'll be there soon. See you.
This is Randy Crawford with her 1979 release, Street Life, off the Jackie Brown soundtrack. America, welcome back to the Cognac and Candy Show. This week we're talking about the midlife crisis. And this is a Cognac part of the show where I always tell you one of my personal experiences that's relevant to the topic that we're discussing today. So if you already had your sip, let's go ahead and take a trip. The year is 1994. And what a year it is, man. Springtime is here and all the flowers are in bloom. Trees are green and the girls are smelling like hot molasses in June. And R. Kelly had the radio stations on lock with the 12 play album. It's my senior year of high school, and me and my girlfriend, we just broke up. It was my fault, because I wasn't the best communicator back then, and she thought I was doing some things that I really wasn't, but I didn't tell her any different. So now me and my boys, Jamie, Daniel, and Chris Carter, rest in peace, homie. We at East Carolina University, partying with the alphas like we college seniors. Menden Hall was the jump off, and for some reason, every time I showed up, they were playing my theme song, Grand Pool of the Real, the Real. And as the young folks say, it was lit. And if I wasn't partying with them on the weekend, I was partying with my girls, Danita, Princess, and Sharika at Peppers in Greenville, North Carolina. We crushing all the concerts, Das Effects, Fushnickens, Onyx, MC Light, Mary J. Blige, and Lords of the Underground. And everything was all good until the fight broke out. There was always a fight that broke out every single weekend. And we'd head straight for the Waffle House. We'd laugh about the club scene, and then we'd even talk about who needed what to graduate. I skipped my senior prom, and graduation was right around the corner. I got accepted to 13 universities, but there was only one I really wanted to go to. And that was North Carolina A&T. And I got in, y'all. There was no other university like this place. I remember the first Aggie Fest I ever went to, I was hooked. And then I went to a homecoming, and I'd never seen anything like it. It was a party school, but they also turned out the world's best engineers. So my boys were like, yo man, we gotta go celebrate. We're all headed up to party at ECU one Friday night, and we pull into the parking lot near Minden Hall, and we all get out and we do the whole Am I good thing? Yeah, you good, man. And I noticed this beautiful sister, who was not dressed like a student, looking at her tire. And I told the fellas, I said, go ahead. I'll be in in a few minutes. So I walk over to her, and I said, you look like you could use some help. And I smiled. And she said, aren't you one of my students? I said, no. I go to North Carolina A&T. I'm just visiting. I said, but I can probably still help you with your tire. And she laughed and said, well, thank you. 
and she introduced herself as Dr. So-and-so. So I got her tire changed for her. And now she's getting nosy and she's asking me what I'm studying at A&T. I said engineering. She said, well, let me thank you for changing my tire and treat you to a cup of coffee. I said, I don't do coffee, but you can grab coffee and I'll sip on some orange juice. So we went and sat down over at the Dunkin' Donuts. And we're talking and getting friendly. And I said, well, I better go ahead and get back to my boys. And I walked her to a car. I told her it was a pleasure to meet her. And she got that look in her eye. And then she asked me, what are your plans for tomorrow? I said, well, I was going to the beach, but why? She said, well, I'm always eating alone, but I'm a great cook. Would you like to have dinner with me tomorrow? And I thought to myself, hold on. I'm 18 years old, and I know I look older than my age. But is this 40-year-old fox trying to come on to me? So I thought to myself, I ain't never had no professor pussy before. It might be smarter. Let's try it out. So I said, sure, I'd love to. She gave me a phone number and address. And she hugs me and thanks me again. And I'm walking up to Minden Hall, trying to be cool. But the whole time I'm thinking, I'm about to get some of that smart pussy. And I get inside the party. And my confidence is already on 10,000 because I just pulled some of that smart pussy out there in the parking lot. So I start scanning for the baddest sister in the room. And I spot her, Monica from Virginia Beach. And she had it going on. While I was walking across the room to her, my song came on, Real Love Remix by Mary J. Blige. standing on the side like is he really headed toward her and she saw me coming and she started moving her arms and her shoulders to the music i grabbed her hand and whispered in her ear we don't have all night she smiled and i guided her to the middle of the floor my boys are on the side going crazy because i just pulled the baddest bitch in the room so now it's close to 1 a.m and that last song of the night is coming on and the DJ drops that nasty R. Kelly track. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. Baby, I don't want to hurt nobody. But there is something that I must confess. So Monica looks up at me, and I didn't even give her a chance to get away. I put my hands around her waist, and I pulled her in close. Then I whispered in her ear, It's going to be hard to leave your school tonight. And she said, Oh, where do you go? I said, I'm an Aggie. I go to A&T. And she grinned, and she said, My roommate went home for the weekend. And I said, Now you're putting me in a difficult situation, because I drove, and the fellows are with me. And she said, well, are you going to be in town after 11 a.m. tomorrow? Because I have to go and take my senior pictures. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, what an awesome night. 
I got a professor and a badass senior wanting to fuck me tomorrow and I'm only in high school. Decisions, decisions, decisions. So I said, I'll try to swing by after 1 p.m. And we kept grinding on the dance floor. And then the lights came up. And she gave me your number and said, I don't even know your name. I said, I'm Omar. And she said, well, I hope I see you tomorrow, Omar. I played it cool. And I said, no doubt. And me and all my boys played it cool until we got to the car. And then we all went crazy. Man, did you see that chick? And my boy Jamie was like, yo, man, you pulled the baddest bitch in the room tonight. I got to give you your respect. So we hit the Waffle House, and we get home around 4 a.m., and I'm going to continue the rest of this story when we get back from this music break. This is Marvin C's with Do You Qualify, off the album I Got Beat Out. You're t- 
question, baby. I just wanna ask you, listen to me, honey.
And that was Buzz Gangs with Lowdown of the 1976 album Silk Degrees. America, welcome back to the Cognac and Candy Show. Before we left, we were talking about midlife crisis. So let's get back to senior year. I wake up, and Mom's already got the whole house smelling like breakfast downstairs. And all my cousins and aunts are already downstairs laughing. And I'm taking my time getting up because I'm thinking about which chick I'm going to hit tonight. And I was like, cute, smart professor pussy, or baddest bitch on campus pussy. Then part of me said, fuck both of them. Fuck one at 2 p.m. and fuck the other one at 6 p.m. And I went downstairs and I helped my mom with the yard. And then the whole family started showing up later. And my mom was like, we're barbecuing for the church today. And I need you to go and get all the tables. And I was like, damn. So much for fucking both of them. So I called Monica. And I let her know that I'm not going to be able to make it. And I told her another time. And I finally got my mom situated. And then I hopped in the shower and got clean. Now it's 5 p.m. And I make the 45 minute drive up to Greenville, North Carolina. Bumpin' Tribe Call Quest Hot Sex. And I'm thinking about all the different positions I'm about to put this professor in. And I get to Greenville, and I pull over at the gas station to use the telephone booth. And I give the professor a call, and I let her know that I'm on my way. And now I'm pulling the map out of the glove compartment, because we didn't have any GPS back then. And I make my way over to her house and throw my keys up in my visor. And she has a lovely home. So I knock on the door. And she answers the door in this chocolate and white fitted dress that came down to her knees. And she invites me in. And I can smell the greens. And I said, what do you know about greens? And she said, I can show you better than I can tell you. And she walks into the kitchen. And I stand beside her leaning against the counter talking at the same time while she steers the pot. And we finally sit down to have dinner. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. That woman can burn. And I said, where do you learn how to cook like this? And she said, I'm Creole. We can all cook. So we sitting there. We're talking about world events. And we start discussing Mandela and what it meant for the future of Africa. And I was even able to talk with her about consciousness and crystals. And I had never been able to talk to a woman before that had brains like this. And I'm not going to lie, it was a turn on. And after about three hours of talking and laughing, the sun was already setting. And she got up to take the plates off the table. And then she came up behind me. And she put her hands on my shoulders. And she said, you are a very intriguing young man. And I said, well, thank you. And then she said, so what are you going to do the rest of the evening? And I said, you. Her jaw dropped. And she just kept looking down at me. She walked around the side of my chair and she sat down and said, You certainly are a bold one. And I said, I'm a man. You're a woman. And that's all we are right now. You want me and I want you. So why don't we just go ahead and let nature take its course? And she leaned back and said, When is the last time you had a massage? I said, It's been a while. And she said, how would you like me to fix that? So we went to her bedroom and I stripped down. And she came out of the bedroom in this orange nightie that looked really nice against her chocolate skin. 
And she said, lay across the bed. And I did. And she climbed up on the bed and sat on my back. And she began pouring oil on her hands and rubbing it together and massaging my back and shoulders. Her hands felt amazing. And within two minutes, I found out she didn't have any panties on because I could feel her pussy lips getting hot against my skin. And she was starting to wet my back. And I was hard as hell already. But her hands, they were casting a spell of their own. And she started running her hands up and down the back of my neck. And my eyes got heavy as hell. And she slapped me on the ass and she lifted up and said, turn over. I turned over and I said, hold on, I have to get my condom. She said, no, you don't need it yet. She sat in my lap and she rubbed my chest and my arms. And then she began rubbing her pussy lips up and down the side of my dick. And I'm looking at her like, you better not try to put my dick inside of you. And all I can hear is my mom in the back of my head. You do all of the fucking you want, just as long as you don't bring any babies in this house. So finally she says, now you can go and grab your condom. And she rolls over off me. And I get up to walk around the bed to go and get my condom. And I hear it. And I thought to myself, I know that sound. And the room door opens. And this brother who was bigger than me, and I'm six foot five, y'all. He walks in with these army fatigues on. And she screams, baby, I'm sorry. And I say, oh, shit. And I leap across the bed and through a damn glass window and keep running all in one motion. And I'm running down the street, butt-ass naked, like Carl Lewis at a damn Klan rally to my car. And the whole time, this woman's husband is still shooting at me out the bedroom window. I got to my car and hauled ass. And the only thing I could think was, damn, I should have gone to see Monica. This smart pussy is too fucking dangerous. And now I'm driving through Greenville, butt-ass naked with oil on. And I get 20 miles from my house, and the damn gas light comes on. And I'm praying, please don't run out of gas. Because I will not be able to explain to my family why in the hell I'm sitting in my car, butt-ass naked on the side of the road. And I finally make it to the house. And my mom and all her sisters and all my uncles, they're all outside cleaning up the yard from the barbecue. And I'm like, shit. So my brother comes over to the car and says, why are you sitting in the car, man? Bro, bring me a pair of shorts and a shirt out of the house. He knew not to ask any more questions, even though he was already laughing his ass off. And I got up to my room and I sat on the edge of the bed. And I started praying to whoever was looking over me this day. And I was thanking them for allowing me to still be here. So when I finished praying, I called Monica, and I apologized to her again for not being able to make it, and I told her it had been a crazy day. And she was like, well, I'd still like to see you. How about I come to you? And I said, I live 45 minutes away. And she said, I don't care. I can bring popcorn and a movie. And I said, okay. So she makes the drive down, and we watched The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston. We both fell asleep on the couch. And around 7 o'clock that morning, I walked her out to her car. And before she gets into her car, she says, You know, you're a real gentleman. And I'm saying to myself, If you only knew where I was a few hours ago. And I kissed her. And I said, You have an amazing summer and I will see you soon. And now it's freshman year at A&T. Fall of 1994. Biggie Smalls and Craig Mack have 102 jams on lock. It was all 
all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. And there's nothing but magic in the air. And I saw her outside the student union. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, what did I tell y'all about this part of my life? Well, that's for the candy part of the show. And we're going to get right into the candy after this music break. And this is Sylvia Stripling. You can't turn me away. Off her 1981 album, Give Me Your Love.
This is Grown Folks Radio. That was The Temptations, with Can't Get Next to You, of their 1969 album, The Temptations. America, welcome back to the Cognac and Candy Show. This week we're talking about the midlife crisis. Men, we have these experiences when we're young and strong as an ox with the energy of a nuclear power plant. We're always ready to bust concrete at the drop of a dime. And then that day comes when you wake up at the age of 45 and you look around and there's an old swing set sitting in the backyard. There's this woman sleeping beside you with this flannel nightgown on and hair rollers in her head. Your teenage son has more muscles than you. Your boss is telling you when you can take a vacation. And when you walk into the garage, you see a minivan and the straw that breaks the camel's back is when you go to the store with your wife. A fine-ass sister passes by you and you don't even get a glance your way anymore. You were used to being that dude that they had to come over and say something to or at least bat their eyelashes at. You used to be the motherfucking man and one day you woke up in a completely different world. And this ain't the shit that you thought you wanted. You got it, but at the same time you were like, what the fuck is this? 
I didn't know I was going to have to give up my bad motherfucker club card in order to be a father, a husband, and a career man. So this, brothers and sisters, is that moment when a man is getting ready to shift into the midlife crisis. A midlife crisis is a transition of identity and self-confidence that can occur in middle-aged individuals. A smart woman knows what is happening. So how do you identify if your man is having a midlife crisis? One is a desire to get back in shape. The questions show up. Why am I doing this? Why am I here? When am I going to live? When you become consumed with keeping up with the Joneses, you start second-guessing yourself. A desire to go clubbing and do all the things you were doing when you were in your 20s. Projecting overconfidence and a sudden urge to live healthier. And unless you're from planet Neptune, as a man, you are going to go through this at some point. And some of us, we need that wake-up call to go ahead and get healthier. And some of us, we just need to go ahead and get our swag back. In America, even I went through it. And hell, I might not even be finished going through it. There was a time when I wouldn't drive anything that had less than 500 horsepower. I drove a 700 horsepower Blackhawk Charger to work every day at Motorola. It only ran on 100 octane, which cost $7 a gallon. Did I give a damn? No, because it was a part of my identity. I drove a Hayabusa motorcycle with racing slicks on it to work every day at NASA. And did I care how much those tires cost? No, because I enjoyed going 200 miles an hour on my way home. I would walk into a room with my suit on and have to beat bitches off with a bat. I could pull my dick out and swing it at a bill bottle and make it shatter. And then one day I woke up with a minivan in my fucking garage. Love handles on my waist, a receding hairline, three kids, and a wife who convinced me to stop racing motorcycles and got me to go buy some fucking life insurance. What the fuck? I was like, this is some bullshit. This ain't me. And I got out of bed and I walked into the garage and I was wishing there was some kind of muscle car in there. And I opened the door and it was that fucking minivan. And I went into the bathroom and hallway and I looked at myself. And I was like, where the fuck is that handsome guy with the wide shoulders and the six pack? And I said, what the fuck did you do to yourself, man? And then I went to go check my phone. I was like, maybe I still got a bad bitch trying to holler at her brother. Maybe she sent me some text messages or something. Not a drip drop. So I got in the minivan and I drove straight down to the Porsche dealership and they could see me coming a mile away. One of my homeboys that worked there he saw me get out of the minivan and he said, bruh, I already know why you're here, man. Let me save you some money. He said, trust me, spending $100,000 is not going to do it. He said, you have to fuck it away. Go get a gym membership, get you some extracurricular pussy and fuck it away. And I remember thinking to myself, that sounds like a good idea, but I can't get down like that. But I did go to the gym and sign up. And that is where my journey of the midlife crisis began. Don't get me wrong. We all need to stay healthy. But we also need to know why we're doing it. Most women will never know how to stay ahead of this when they get married. So America, I'm going to let you in on a little conversation 
that I'm going to have with my daughter when that time comes. Baby girl, one day your man is going to wake up feeling not quite himself, and I'm going to give you advice on how to keep him on track. Understand that a man needs to stay a man, and you need to keep it sexy your whole life. Don't get sloppy. Don't try to change him. If you liked him as a bad boy, don't try to change him into a Mother Teresa. If you go dancing, don't let the kids get in the way of that when they arrive. As a matter of fact, don't let the kids get in the way of anything that you two used to do. And don't try to make him fit into your new world of friends and co-workers. Respect his grind and respect his swag. Cook healthy and live a healthy lifestyle and let him know he still turns you on. America, after this break, I'm going to tell you what to do if you're already in the middle of a midlife crisis right now. This is Teddy Pendergrass with When Somebody Loves You Back off the 1978 album Life is a Song Worth Singing. Now 64 
song about a 50-50 love Said it's so good Loving somebody And somebody loves you back Yeah Said not 70-30 and I've given 30. But you just don't know how it feels to have somebody that you can share your whole life with. Somebody that you don't mind talking to. Somebody that you don't mind going down the middle of the road with. I know a lot of guys today, they wish they had somebody just like you. But girl, you make me so very happy I think we've got something that a lot of people don't seem to have Talking about a 50-50 love, yeah This is Grown Folks Radio I program computers, I know accounting and psychology I took a course in business, and I can speak a little Japanese I fucked on, got to work two years To get one week off with pay And when I'm on my job, I better watch every word I say Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> Somebody doing something slick Which is which? Might as well go out town and 
dig a ditch, ain't that a bitch? Way too cold, ain't that a bitch? Make me wanna holla. Supermarket to get myself something to eat, and when I look at the prices, they knock me off of my feet. I was in the baloney section, and I had to take myself a close look. Now, our beauty bar couldn't have made these prices with well, a sky hook. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> yes, it is. Somebody doing something slick. Yeah, they are. Me wondering which is which. Might as well go out town to and dig a ditch. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> so ain't that a bitch? And that was Johnny Guitar Watson with his 1976 release, Ain't That a Bitch. America, welcome back to the Cognac and Candy Show. Before we left, we were talking about the midlife crisis. And now, I'm going to tell you what to do if you're in the middle of one now. And first of all, women, you should not take this personal. When a man begins to go through this phase of his life, it is not about you. A man is just fighting to stay relevant. If you're married to one of these men and you want to stay married, here's the secret sauce. Learn how to listen. Realize, like I said before, that it is not about you. Even if he tries to make it about you, do not respond defensively. He's only lashing out at you because you happen to be the closest target to him. 
And when he's telling you about his feelings, pay attention and be understanding. Listen from your heart place. And next, you have to know that this too shall pass. It's a temporary phase. So tell your girlfriends to shut the fuck up. The ones that are yapping are probably the lonely ones anyway. And know that when he gets to the other side of this thing, you're going to get your husband back. And there is this magic period when the dust starts to settle. And men come back home physically and mentally. But this won't happen until he gets it out of his system. It may take him having a girlfriend on the side or fucking five other pieces of extracurricular pussy before you get him back home. But when the homecoming does happen, you have him forever. He also sees that you are willing to wait for him. But during your wait period, know that it will not be easy. There are going to be times when you're going to feel like you are in hell. But know that you are not the first, nor will you be the last woman to go through this. And it's better to go through it with one rather than a few. So try to stick it out if you can. We're going to take us another music break. And when we get back, I'm going to give you my last piece of advice. This is the Ohio Players. I want to be free off their 1974 album, Fire. One day, child, I won't have to listen to your line. On that day, I'll be able to make up my own mind. You know, I think I done finally realized. Yes, I have. And now I think I can put you out of my life. I'm gonna be free. Yes, I am. Oh, Lord. I'm gonna be free, child. I'm gonna be free. Yeah. 
father.
Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell of their 1967 album Ain't No Mountain High Enough. America, you've been listening to the Cognac and Candy Show with your host, Young Bull. And today we've been talking about the midlife crisis. The best advice I can give you is to continue to love him, but stay patient. There is no easy fix. Patience is going to be your best friend. And the only way to get to it is to go through it. There is no shortcut. So if you truly love him, stick it out. Men who get to the other side of this usually come out cooler on the other side anyway. Because now they understand what it is supposed to be like to live. I love you brothers and sisters. Keep on getting up. I'm going to take y'all out with some Floyd Taylor. You still got it. Take my time Don't stand up when you touch it 
attack every time I look at you. <laughs> yeah, I know you didn't have two babies, but look, don't even worry about that. Because baby, baby, you're still. Let me take my time, don't rush it. Make my love stand up when you touch it. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You still got it, girl. Folks Radio. I'm 
Cognac and Candy Sundays, y'all, on Vinyl 97 with Young Bull. 